Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the reigning, defending, 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 undisputed universal heavyweight champion, Wildcat Radio 2.0. Bear down, you beautiful people. What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green, joined once again by Brett Barry. And we're back for a second week in a row because the news with the Arizona Wildcats and their athletics programs never stops. Right, Brett? News? Uh, I mean, bad news is good news. <laughs> well, bad news is news. <laughs> or bad news is news, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I guess, yeah, we could we could start there. There's a, there's a lot of, well... There's not a lot of good news right now. In the last week since we recorded, nothing. Some of the recruits that Arizona was in on, they did not get. So we could probably start there because that's a, we'll, we'll kind of start at the very beginning of the week of not good news. Uh, Zaire Williams was the top recruit left on their board, someone that they were confident they had a really good chance at. It was basically between Arizona and Stanford, I believe, by the end of it. And for the first time in about, what, nine years or 10 years now, Stanford beat Arizona to <laughs> get the credits. I guess, why would you go to the Stanford of the Southwest? We could just go to the Stanford of Stanford, right? Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the Stanford of Northern California. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's. I think it's actually their highest, depending on which rating services you're using, their highest commit ever yeah. in basketball, which is kind of an interesting thing. Um, you know, it... it Sucks for U of A because there's somebody that they were recruiting. I think he's a guy that you know, would fit with what Sean Miller looks for in a lot of kind of those bigger athletic wings. Could probably could have been a defensive, uh, you know, lockdown guy on the perimeter. I'm not so sure. You know, I think he's one of those guys that might be a little more raw than he's going to be like the guy that comes in and scores a lot. But you know. You, you, it's never a bad thing to have more five stars on your uh, on your roster <laughs> and more talent. Um, suffice well, despite what some people say after uh, Arizona team underperforms in a given game or tournament, <laughs> but you know it, it's still so we still have some holes left in the roster. Uh, and then for for some Arizona fans, they're more morose after ASU got Josh Christopher to commit, surprising Michigan. But oh. I'm not one of those people that troubles myself with the <laughs> ASU situation. Well, but that's just, it's kind of the context too. Had Arizona got Williams, it'd be okay, cool. Had ASU not gotten Christopher, Arizona fans would be like, well, okay, whatever. But it's that interesting balance because how many times have we heard from Arizona fans over the last, I don't know, maybe two or three years that they're tired of the one and dones where you're not going to win that way. Sean Miller can't win with the one and dones. He needs to recruit guys who will stick around for two, three, four years well, right now the roster is made up of players who appear to fit that mold, and everybody's like, oh, God, they need to get guys like Zaire Williams. And, of course, if you can get five-star talent, you do it. And there is there is that way where you can you don't want to be relying on freshmen like Arizona did this season, right? You don't want your three leading scores to be freshmen because you're, they're going to look like freshmen at times, which is true. And to be fair, that wasn't supposed to be that way. Chase Jeter was supposed to be better. Brandon Williams was supposed to be a sophomore and play on this team. Dylan Smith was a senior who he played well enough, but it just wasn't enough. So I don't think if you ask Sean Miller, 
he doesn't want to rely on freshmen that heavily either. But when you can have those one-and-done guys, especially if they're that good, when they're an Aaron Gordon, when they're a Stanley Johnson, when they're a Lowry Markkinen, they help your team. So it's not that Arizona shouldn't want that type of player on their roster, just they shouldn't want to make their roster to be only that type of player. So right now, if you just look at their what they have, you don't have those one-and-dones. It doesn't look like I don't think Dalen Terry is supposed to be a one-and-done. I don't think Ben is supposed to be a one-and-done. I guess Zeke Naji wasn't supposed to be a one-and-done either, and he played his way into that. So it's easy to be upset over players Arizona didn't get, but at the same time, one, the recruiting class isn't done. They're still in on some of the grad transfers. There's some other high schoolers or some of the European prospects they're in on. So the roster isn't complete. The offseason isn't over. It's a strange offseason. And as bad as things seem now, in part because of what is happening up at ASU, Arizona is not like, – you look at their roster, it's not a bad roster even still. Yeah, and uh, you started to touch on it there. One of the things that I thought was interesting that you mentioned was talking about Lowry Market and one, on, one and done. There was uh, very little hype uh, when he committed, if people recall, and it was more like in the preseason it started trickling out that like, hey, this guy is actually might be legit. And in the last, you know, there's there's been the rumblings on being in on some of the Euro Euro type players. Uh, it sounds like at least, you know, according to some of the people on like the boards, that it'd be guys that if they were in the U.S. would be top 100 types. Sure. Um, and you know, we still don't know what's the deal with Kerwin Walton. If you read the between the the lines, it sounds like maybe he was a silent commit for a while, and then now started flirting with North Carolina more after they kind of had a spot open up. And, uh, I mean, maybe that means with uh, missing on Zaire Williams and a couple of the grad transfers, you know, maybe that means uh, we put the full court press on him a little bit more and have Zeke Naji, who I'm pretty sure he went to the same high school as, yeah. uh, put, you know, put a little more friendly pressure on uh, Kerwin Walton. Because I do think Kerwin Walton, he's certainly not a one-and-done guy uh, from everything I understand, but he might, he might be one of the better shooters in the class. And... You know, we talked about it last week. We got some guys that I think qualify as scores on the roster now with the uh, uh, Brown and Akinjo. But I'm not sure we have a true shooter on the roster. Nope. So in that sense, you know, that's a really good value add. Even if he's coming off the bench and just being a zone buster, you know, that's a role you can rely on for, for from a freshman more than a lot of other, uh, you know, roles, right? Mm-hmm. He can come in and fill that role. And then, you know, the... <laughs> The mystery box is the Euro players and a couple of the other trans- grad transfers. Uh, I'm still personally have a little bit of a man crush on Harms from uh, Purdue. And he's still out there and seems to be a possibility. Yeah, and it's. I think there's a strong. I, as much as we are the hashtag Colokanuts, I think there's a realistic chance that Harms could be the guy that starts, especially in terms of you know he's seven three, but. I think even one of, uh, I can't remember if it was him or one of his like coaches or parents or somebody was talking about uh, how he wants to go to a place where, you know, he's not really a back-to-the-basket big, despite being 7-3. So whether you're playing on the court with, uh, you know, Christian Coloco or Jordan Brown, that still enables him to be working in the pick-and-roll and pick-and-pop game. And I actually, I, I think he... I think you could uh, do something with him on the on the court with those guys, um, and which would be insane to have Christian Coloco and Harms <laughs> both on the defensive end together, which would, you know, 
be a challenge it, for the other team, and it's sometimes probably a challenge for Arizona in terms of on-ball defense, uh, just because I'm not sure how much they could handle perimeter guys, like smaller guys. Yeah. But, you know, everybody that's kind of panicking is, I think, missing the big picture. Uh, to your point, there's a lot of talent on the roster, and it's more, you know, how does it fit together? You have, a, I think we talked about a week or two, you can have a team of, you can have a roster of people that know what their role is and can fill it. And that's a different thing than maybe having a bunch of five stars that are all trying to make sure that they get their 15 shots a game up, mm-hmm. right? Well, there, uh, there's, there's, no, there's no wrong way to build a winner, I guess. Or there's, no, there's no blueprint in so much that Arizona, other teams, two other programs have had great success with uh, high-star freshmen. And then you see some that do better with the two, three, four-year guys. Now, granted, if you can have players who are good enough to leave after their freshman or sophomore year stick around to be seniors, you're going to be in really good shape. <laughs> that, that doesn't happen. So the teams that can do that, and that's, again, this is where I don't know if it's not, it's not hypocrisy of Arizona fans, but it's certainly the, the conundrum of being an Arizona fan, at least the ones who are saying that they're tired of the one and dones. It's like, well, when you don't get those guys, now you're upset about that too. I don't understand yeah. it. You, you, you said how many times have we heard uh, people complaining about uh, the one and dones, and I was going to say, uh, if you have a minute, you can do the math. It's probably after every single loss in the Sean Miller era, <laughs> people complain about that. Yeah. So add up every one of those losses, and that's the number of times you've heard it. And, and again, you have to get the right one and dones. And to some degree, I think this year's, because okay, we're doing this, one thing that happened to Josh Green officially decided to go to the NBA or declare for the draft. But this year's freshmen were all pretty good to very good in Zeke Naji's case, but they weren't surrounded by a Nick Johnson and a TJ McConnell, or they weren't surrounded by a Rondé Hollis Jefferson and a Caleb Tarzuski and a Brandon Ashley and a TJ McConnell. So when these one and dones could come in and fill their roles and not have to be the leaders on the team, oh, surprise, surprise, they looked better and the team looked better. This year's freshmen had that unfortunate circumstance where they were relied on to be the guys. And it's a lot to ask of any freshman, especially three of them. When three-fifths of your starting lineup is freshmen, you're going to have times where unless they're like the Kentucky teams or they've been the absolute top five pick of the draft freshmen or some of the Duke teams, you're not going to be as good. And even those teams did not win national championships. So it's not to say that you can't win with five-star freshmen. And I'm not going to sit here on this show and say, oh, I'm glad Arizona's not getting these five stars. No. Get as many five stars as you can because, generally speaking, they're the best players out there. So if you're upset right now that Arizona's not landing those players, that they lost Sire Williams, that Josh Christopher went to ASU now, they probably got him because they gave a scholarship to his older brother, who's not very good. But, hey, you do what you got to do to land top talent, right? You can't keep hiring kids as coaches. They're high school coaches. So you just give their brothers a scholarship. But that happens. Other Other teams can get good players, too. I guess the question would be, Brad, I don't know if you've thought of this, but Arizona, we're used to seeing when Arizona wants a guy and when Sean Miller gets involved, Arizona gets that guy. At least that's how it has been for a while. And it happened with last year's class, right? That was one of the top few classes in college basketball. But this year's class, like Dalen Terry's a good recruit. Ben's a good recruit, and we'll we'll see who else they get. But maybe there's a little bit of that magic that Sean Miller had, that wizardry that he used to have, or I think they used to call him a witch, for when he wanted a guy, he got that guy. Is that wearing off a little bit? And if so, can it come back? I think it's impossible for us to say on the outside. Um, And, like, 
I don't, I don't think it's a significant factor, but I don't think it's a zero factor that there was the HBO documentary not that long ago, just before all these guys are deciding, like, it's not like they're not aware that these things are happening, right? Yeah. And the the notice of allegations is still out there, going to happen at some point. And until you know what that is, people will use it against Sean Miller. And I think, you know, we talked about how he's got, what, two years left on his contract, and you don't let him get to the last year of the contract. And You, you shouldn't. Start, well, it's, it's impossible. You're basically signaling to these guys, I do not intend to retain this coach who is recruiting you to come to this school, which is, you know, far be it for our athletic department to hamstring a head coach in their recruiting capabilities by publicly bollocksing up handling their head coach. But, uh, you know, I, I think, I think there's still a plan in place. And I think that's where, you know, once we know who's who's in the mystery box and from, from Europe, I think that'll, that'll, that'll maybe go a long way. Um, and I think to your point, the, the magic maybe of coming back, like Kerwin Walton maybe gets the full court press more now than he was where I think, I think he, if you, if you believe that he was a silent commit and then like, Oh, now UNC is looking at me and you know, there's a, there's a way to approach that, that from what you hear of Sean Miller on the recruiting trail and how he talks to players and how he gives them the, the truth, I think he can go to them and the, and the parents with, you know, his, his story of the truth, right? And like, hey, here's what I, we can offer. Here's what my plan is for your son. Here's why I think it's, you know, the best plan for you. And I can tell you this is exactly what I told your old teammate Zeke Naji last year, and now he's going to be a first-round pick. And he wasn't a five-star either. You know, and I'm going to tell you that you're not guaranteed to be a guy that's going to be one and done, but there's going to be opportunities for you, and you know, you can you can you can see how the pitch goes, right? Yeah, but like that's that's the challenge. You said like there's the plan that you know there's a plan in place, and although the plan was to get Zaire Williams, the plan is to get Kerwin Walton. The plan. Oh, is I to think get, they, I would think they would have taken both of them. Yeah, the, and the plan is to get maybe some of these grad transfers. There was one I guess that they were in on who went to Louisville, who wasn't even in the top seven that the kid released. So I mean, recruiting is a it's a strange thing, but no, the plan was to get some of these guys that they're not getting. And that's the concern where it used to be if Arizona wanted them, chances are they got them. And lately, at least now, because again, a year ago, Arizona got the guys they wanted. <laughs> so, and they got some of the grad, they got some of the traditional trends. They got a Kinjo, they got Jordan Brown. So I well, guess but if it's, you, but if you, if you had Kerman Walton telling you he's a silent commit and you're planning on already having him, then you're focusing on Zaire that's Williams. True. I that's mean, true. there's, but you can't trust that either. He's an 18 year old kid, 17 year old kid. Like you can't. Sure. But and Miller knows that. And, and this is where it's a little different for basketball and football recruiting in my mind, because you got to fill 25 plus spots most years for a football uh, recruiting class. Right. In basketball, most of the time, this is a different kind of year. Right. Because they have to fill, you know, the, the better part of a dozen uh, roster spots. Right. Yeah. Um, so they got to be, keep, you know, there's a lot of plates spinning and a lot of people to give attention to. And you know, I'm sure if you had a silent commit, it's like, okay, I got to go focus on these other five spots I got to fill. You know, it's it's not as much as like I have four spots to fill. I'm going to get these guys at each position, and that's who I focus on. I think maybe they're maybe you're seeing a little bit of players slipping through the cracks in that regard, just because there was so much turnover. Um, but you know, the, the, 
if there's anything we know from Arizona basketball, nothing even goes ever goes according to plan. Like you talked about this past, <laughs> you talked about this past season, right? Like imagine if Brandon Williams is playing. How about if Debonair Dutrieve doesn't get kicked off the team? How much of a difference does that make? Sure. Or or coming into this year's roster, if you're not filling his spot, right? If you had a junior Debonair Dutrieve on this roster, you feel potentially pretty. Well, comfortable maybe that's a thing too because for a while and obviously Arizona has its issues right now and Sean Miller has his struggles but for a while during I guess the heyday if you want to call it that it seemed like the plan was always working the way it was supposed to the guys they were expecting to be one and dones were one and dones the players they're expecting to stick around for a while longer did and they could build those rosters I mean even the DeAndre Ayton year it was a disappointment with the loss to Buffalo in the first round, but you had a sophomore Raleigh Alkins, you had a junior Alonzo Tree, you had a senior Parker Jackson Cartwright. So DeAndre Ayton wasn't the only freshman being relied on. Now, he was good enough to be relied on, but all of a sudden now it seems like Arizona's either misjudged some things or guys like Lowry Markin and left before anyone thought they would. Zeke Naji was better than anyone thought he'd be, and he leaves early. But now Arizona's chasing all those grad transfers and starting to have to fill plug holes that way just on a year-by-year basis, which obviously it's not a way to build a program, right? You can't just keep relying on guys who are around for one season. You can't do that. So it's hard to say, like, this is the plan. Like, it's what they have to do. Like, this is the reality. But I imagine if Sean Miller could plan things, he would have planned things a little bit differently than this. He would have planned for Brandon Williams' need to not be genetically inferior (laughs) to other athletes. Yeah. Um, you know, he would have planned for Debonair Dutrie to not get kicked off the team. Yeah, I mean, hell, even if Ray Smith hadn't torn his ACL for a third time, he might he would have potentially still been a guy that can be providing, you know, veteran leadership in a few minutes off the bench on last year's team, right? After, you know, some injury redshirts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to be like, oh, woe is Arizona and they get bad luck, but because that's, you know, part of life. Uh, and they got to deal with it, and you know they've missed out on some players, and now it's all right. How do you react and fill the roster? And I don't. I think you know it comes back to the nothing is ever as good or as bad as it seems, which I've said on this podcast a number of times, and I think that's a good thing for Wildcat fans to remind themselves of. Uh, and there's, you know, there's still still talent coming in, guys. Like Jordan Brown was a five star recruit. James Akinjo was the. Uh, freshman of the year and at a pretty reasonable conference, right? At a big, big program. Mm -hmm. So it's more a matter of how do you, (laughs) I mean, it's what, you know, 10 years ago or the loot years, I remember it was a couple of years back in the day when there was only like, Arizona only had like eight or nine scholarship players on a roster and somehow they made it work. But it's like the difference there is you're not having, it, Maybe it's maybe it's just me uh, being a crotchety old man, but it feels like guys get kicked off the team a little bit more. There's a we've had a we've <laughs> back had a, in mind, day. Well, we've had a maybe that's more than Luke could be like. Do you know who I am? You're not busting this guy for smoking weed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and or but part of it's like you know there has been a spate of bad injury luck for the Wildcats the last five years, um, and there's you know you can. There's no excuses to be made for that, but you can also acknowledge it like, well, that's crappy, you know, <laughs> um, you know, because if you have, say, 10 scholarship players who have a reasonable chance of minutes and one or two of them get injured, your margin for error goes away. Right. Yeah. Now, right. But I'd so think... like looking at the roster right now, if you went to play with that tomorrow, I think it'd be an intriguing team. I'm not saying it's gonna be a good team, but there's enough talent there to win a, a decent number of games. But there's also not a lot of margin for error. 
right? Well, it lacks the it lacks the star power. Now, granted, if they would have had a class with James Akinjo, Brandon Williams, and Jordan Brown, people would be like that's a damn good class. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's I think one five star and two basically four and a halfs, if not close to five, without being a five. So it's not that there there's no talent on the roster as it stands. But I think what you're getting at with the woe is me type of thing is that there's been a lack of good news. Like, even when things have been bad for Arizona, the thing that you would look forward to is recruiting because that's been a strength of Sean Miller's. It's, and there's, we all see, and we all follow recruiting now a lot more than we used to, which makes us even more stressful the way it is. But you would see this guy, you get hyped up, oh, this guy's good. This guy could be, you know, a starter from day one, and what would he mean to the program to come in? And they don't get them now. So it's just disappointing. It's like you feel like you lost something you never had as a fan. Now, granted, you'd, you'd hope that the coaching staff has contingencies. And it's not, we're going to get that guy, and if we don't, we might as well not play the season next year. right? Like You'd have to think they have backup plans, and that's what we've talked about too. Like The recruiting class isn't done, but there's been a lack of, I guess, I mean, there was good news when they got Nico Mannion, good news when they got Green, good news when they got Najee, great news when they got Coloco. But... Just since the season started, there hasn't been a lot of, yeah, all right. You know, it was a good start to the season, but then it was middling up until the season came to an abrupt end. But the good news was supposed to be recruiting this offseason. And to see players go to Stanford over Arizona. It wasn't like Williams went to Duke or Kentucky or North Carolina. He went to Stanford. Now, granted, he's from the Bay Area and... Stanford, I mean, they've been a tough program. How Arizona hasn't lost to them in, like, 10 years is amazing because, like, I like their coach. Like, they, yep. they're a tough team. But then you see a guy go to ASU instead of going to Michigan. Like, that's, that's weird, but weird doesn't help the Wildcats. So maybe they go out and get some other guys. Maybe Dalen Terry is better than people think. Maybe he pulls a Lowry Markinen. You know, maybe Ben Matherin, he, Matt, Ben, pulls, I don't know, maybe he's like a Zeke Nagy. Like, guys can be better than what we think coming in. Just because they're not Aaron Gordon or DeAndre, it doesn't mean they're not going to contribute. But on the flip side, maybe more important is that perhaps they won't have to be that good. Perhaps well, Jordan Brown is good and Akinjo is good and Brandon Williams is healthy enough to contribute. And Ira Lee takes a step forward as a senior. Like it's, if you don't have to rely on these freshmen next season, you're going to be better for it. Well, but I think that kind of comes back to like think of, thinking of our friend Ben or Benji, as his friends call him. I imagine. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Ben. You're now Benji on this show. Uh, you know, I think he is a guy that maybe could be better than people think, but he also in in a roster where people know their roles and are not and are not trying to expand beyond their roles, they can be relied on to execute on those more effectively. Mm-hmm. So. You know, worst case scenario, I think Ben has the chance to be in the, the length and athleticism, everything you see and, and read. You know, he should be a guy that could be turned into that kind of defensive stopper on the wing. When was the last time we had that? Right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we have a couple of. I, I, I get a little concerned about how our offense might flow, but even with Nico Mannion, there was long stretches this last year where our offense didn't flow, right? And sometimes you needed to get, like, if, if James Akinjo, at the end of the day, plays a little bit more like Nico Mannion wants to play, which is, I'm going to get my 15 shots up and I'm going to score 20 points a game, that might be the right fit on a team that's filled out with a bunch of guys that are more tough defenders, 
you know, you, you have some grinded out games and that might fit Sean Miller's coaching style. Yeah. So there's, there's a, there's a lot of ways to get to wins. And I think the way the current roster is shaping up, you know, you don't, you don't know, you're not just going to overwhelm people with a sheer level of NBA talent. Right. But that doesn't mean you can't win a lot of games. Well, there are a lot of people who think Miller would be better off with that type of a roster. I I disagree, but there's a lot of people who believe that. Yeah, I mean, I think I would would parse that down personally, but that's a whole side conversation. (laughs) That's for another show. Because I think there's a difference between being able to coach talented players and a difference being from being able to manage talented players that have their eye towards the next level, if that makes sense. Um, because there's a lot of things that go into that in, i.e., you know, <laughs> things that they have expectations of and they're people that they talk about during recruiting where, yeah, like, yeah. I think Nico Mannion had the expectation of I'm going to get the minimum number of shots up in a game. I think Alonzo Trier had the same kind of mindset. Um, you know, some guys have that, some guys don't. Uh, and that's that's different than coaching and tactics and that's more like maybe you shouldn't, how do you handle that, I guess, is more the right way to approach it, right? Fair. Like, like Lute Olsen used to be like, hey, look around you. You guys all used to average 30 points a game on your high school team. There's one ball. There's, you know, how many minutes per game your scoring is going down. <laughs> and I think that's partially just the difference of how the game is today a little bit. Um, I mean, hell, Jason Terry came off the bench, <laughs> uh, you know, and didn't even play that much as a freshman. Averaged, like, what? six points a game or something like that. Uh, but to go back to my main point, I, I think, I think it's too early to, to panic. I think, you know, I'll, I'll be more panicked if there's not another big on the roster at this point than any other position, to be honest. Cause I think you can make do with what you have on the perimeter. I get real uncomfortable when your bigs are Jordan Brown, uh, Christian Coloco and Ira Leet generously listed at six seven as your backup power forward and center. Yeah, right. Um, and and we don't know what kind of leap Christian Coloco is going to make. We don't know how much Jordan Brown has developed. Is he going to show up as the McDonald's All American he was in high school, or is he going to be the guy that averaged you know three points a game at Nevada? Right. <laughs> and that and, that's a good question. It might be. Well, that's the difference on this team, I think, with guys like him and Akinjo being, I think, are they as good as they were supposed to be? If so, that's two elite talents who are experienced. These guys are going to be juniors, essentially, next season. Oh, yeah. Well, if you get Akinjo to get a waiver so he can play right away, I think that makes a huge difference. Um, I hear Dexter in the background, Adam. Yeah, when dogs want to bark. When you're, when you're recording from home, that happens sometimes, you know? Fair enough. We're all doing it. <laughs> <laughs> we're, all, we're all doing the thing, man. Um, so, you know, I, well, I think it's the, the funny thing that to, to mix my sports analogies here, I feel like this year's roster is like when a program that's like a mid-level program, not talking like, you know, Alabama football where they have five deep of, four and five star guys at every position on their football roster. Right. Um, you know, this is like, we lost our starting quarterback and we lost our best receiver and we've lost our best corner. Oh gosh. And we were not even that great. 
and it's uncertainty makes people assume the worst, I think. Yeah. So, and then, you know, after a couple of games, he'll be like, oh, well, this new quarterback is not terrible, and <laughs> these guys can, you know, reasonably do well. And that's not to say that you're going to be, that I'm far from guaranteeing that they're going to be a great team, and it may be, this may be uh, regressing back to the slope of the line we expected after all of the ESPN stories, all the, the, the cloud over us. And maybe that was just, you know, some combination of luck and sheer will that we had a great recruiting class last year that maybe exceeded expectations from what anybody could reasonably have hoped for. Recruiting-wise, yes. Play-wise, nah. You know, if you go back to the day... Book Richardson was arrested, and you had this kind of roster coming into this year. You would take it in a, even as is, not even counting anything else. You'd be like, "All right, that could have been way worse, right?" Yeah, yeah. So, like, just you know, just a little bit of perspective. And if you add one or two solid to use, you know, useful to solid, or even maybe very good, if depending on how like the 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 mystery box European player comes in. If we get them, well, and that's a, like how many times, and maybe that's the way to kind of finish this up. Is one, the class isn't complete and two we arizona fans more than anyone should understand that the star ratings don't always translate to dominance remember because we talked about larry market and he probably would have been a five star but he was a european prospect who came in and was amazing right some of arizona's best players tj mcconnell was not a highly rated guy now granted he was a transfer but arizona's also had some five-star guys who came in and weren't as good so if you were if you feel disappointed in this last year's recruiting class, in your Nico Mannions, your Josh Greens, well, they were five-star guys. So just because they're five-stars doesn't mean they're going to come in and dominate. So there might be something to be said for Arizona, the fact that they're not going to be relying next year on their freshmen. Hopefully, right? If everything, and like, I guess I don't want to speak, I don't, you never know what happens, but they have enough players who, who are, have good potential. Even if they're not proven at this level, but they have potential and they're supposed to be the ones that they lean on next season. Yeah. That's all. I mean, the best player on the team last year, I think any Wildcat fan would agree, was Zeke Naji, and he was the four-star. He wasn't the five-star. Yeah. Right? So, you know, he was a highly rated four-star, but, you know, we'll see. No, that's... There's a, hopefully the next time we come on to do the show, Arizona's recruiting will have picked up, right? Because I think that again, people just want something positive. So they want something to be excited about, some good news. And, you know, until games happen again, recruiting right now is all we have. So there is a little bit more bad news we're going to get into. But before we do that, we're going to give you a quick break. Okay, Brett, so the news came out on Tuesday, which is when we're recording this show, that Arizona's out of money. Okay, now that's not exactly the case. But Arizona is expecting Dave Hickey apparently sent a letter to the administrative office, to the athletic department, says they're expecting a $7.5 million revenue loss this fiscal year, which ends in June. Now, a lot of that's probably coronavirus-related. Like, how would it not be? Everyone's going to be struggling because of that. But also Arizona hasn't, even before this, there had been some rumblings that they're a little bit short on money, which is why maybe someone like Kevin Sumlin is still employed and why they'd be hard-pressed to fire Sean Miller right now. It's not a good headline. Amazingly, it's probably not the worst headline that's come out about Arizona athletics in recent weeks. But is this something to look at and say, oh, no, 
Not, not really, because I think of it. College athletics, athletics is all about like where you're at compared to your peer group, right? And like, I find it real damn hard to believe that Arizona is even in the worst position of any university. Um, I'm sure everyone is in a very, very similar boat. Maybe some are better than off than others, and some are going to be worse than Arizona. I mean, if you believe some of the the rumors, it's like a lot of D1 schools will become D2 schools after they like drop some some uh, non-revenue producing programs, and it really all hinges on having a football season. And for Arizona, maybe they're a little more impacted because uh, they're one of the. One of the few, I forget how many schools there are in the country where the basketball program actually is a net positive in terms of revenue. Like, it's not that many of them. Every other school makes literally all of their money in football, right? Um, so maybe we get impacted a little bit more in, like, you know, the Kansases of the world where they don't, or Kentucky, that they don't make as much money in, the, in their football programs. But guess what? Kansas and Kentucky, I'd be willing to bet probably make more money from football even though their programs aren't good yeah and but that's so it's gonna impact gonna be a tough spot yeah this, it's this is what you call not having the how many billion dollars of impact for the ncaa of uh, march madness yeah but so this probably isn't going to be well this is probably one of the first i mean was it cincinnati announced that they were eliminating their men's soccer program so this is just the beginning of all this because all these athletic departments who I guess even across the country, fan support has been down at least in the stands, which is probably an issue for sports all around because people like watching on TV now and not having to spend the money to go to the games and all that. But we're just going to start seeing what this is because these programs were not expecting to not have this revenue. And depending how long this goes, like you said, like if they lose football, geez, like that's, that's the big one. If you lose football, there's a decent chance you're losing some basketball. And Arizona, like everyone else, will be in a tough spot. So... If anything, and if this mentioned there's going to be like a hiring freeze, well, Arizona's short a basketball assistant coach right now. Um, but certainly it makes it, it makes it very hard to believe that Arizona's going to be firing any head coaches anytime soon. Even when sports start back up again, whenever that is, if you don't have money to pay the coach that you got rid of and the new one, then you're not going to do it. So <laughs> no one was rooting for this thing to happen, obviously, but... If you're Kevin Sumlin, your job security probably increased. If you're Sean Miller, your job security probably increased. So I, it's just not a good headline. Even if it's, I mean, it's a big deal, but it's not an Arizona-specific issue. Yeah, I think it's just the headline is coming out for Arizona before a lot of other schools that are larger because, you know, it's, a, it's an inevitability that everybody's going to be facing. Uh, and maybe... <laughs> You know, I think this is where, like, you know, I'm a season ticket holder. My sister has season tickets. You know, we already bought our tickets, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would love to have their football season tickets, but they can't afford to renew right now, right? And that's where, if you're trying to manage cash flow, like an athletic department tries to do, there's a challenge there. Yeah. But maybe this is all leads back to why Kevin Sumlin was saying, you know, let's trust the process, and the process is coronavirus. I'm not getting fired, guys. <laughs> yeah. Now, so that's, that's the big story that came out on Tuesday. And, again, Arizona, it's just it's, – it's, there's going to be more like this, not just from Arizona. And it could be worse than the $7.5 million they're expecting to be down. But hopefully 
for everybody that this ends soon enough and we can get back to what we're used to in sports again. But, Brett, was there anything else that came out, anything else that you were thinking would be good to discuss here on this fine Tuesday evening? <sighs> you know, I just miss sports. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, it's, you know, it's the one thing that I would be interested to see Let's just assume best case scenario for coronavirus. And you said that more people are wanting to go watch the games from home. Do you think that the social distancing, self-isolation, quarantine situation going on for so long means that if we're able to, you know, have the football season next fall like we, we hope to, do you think attendance is actually up because people just, they miss being able to go somewhere? Maybe. I mean... Yes and no. They're not going to go to you know nine o'clock kickoffs, eight o'clock kickoffs again. But yeah, that's a, that's a tough sell because when we got to see how the economy looks, do people have money to spend on going to a game sure. and all that entails? Like that, that's going to be the main thing. And two, are they going to feel safe enough to do it? So I, I don't see I don't see a sports attendance going up necessarily, at least not for like Arizona football. By the way, speaking of college sports and revenue, how perfect. Does Larry Scott's bet on owning the rights for all Pac-12 sports content for the Pac-12 network look right now? Yeah. Like, they're... <sighs> How that guy still has a job is beyond me. Well, like, he... This probably helps him, too. Can't afford to fire him and get a new... God, does he have... Does he, I would actually be curious. Does he have a buyout in his clause, or is it just like... Can you just fire him as an at-will employee? That's a good question. Because that's a real easy way to trim an exorbitant <laughs> salary. <laughs> I think a lot of people would celebrate something like that happening, but I guess that could be good news for Arizona fans. <laughs> Dave Heakey, if you're listening, you should start a uh, pass around the hat to help fund the uh, Fire Larry Scott uh, banner, and it'll, can, the proceeds can help fund the athletic department as long as you produce that banner. There you go. Well, Brett, it's one of our shorter episodes, but that's what happens in a time when there's really not a lot going on, and we definitely prefer good news more than not getting recruits and budget shortfalls, but it is what it is right now. We plan on doing this again next week, and again, Arizona's in on more recruits. There might be some good news, some of the grad transfers that are out there that they are in on, and yeah, it's we'll hope for some good news. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, you and I have talked about some interesting ideas i think for some pods even if there's not that much news but you know people can hit us up on twitter and uh maybe request things that they want to hear us talk about maybe we should do another mailbag episode yeah that wouldn't be a bad idea we, need, we could crowdsource our show topics because we're running out of them i i think we got some ideas but <laughs> yes I'd be tell them that Brett. we don't need your ideas people but we'll take them anyway because no, i'm gonna i'm gonna add them, <laughs> i'm gonna neg them i'm gonna be like well i've got ideas that are probably better than yours but you know you can give it to me anyway and right. that'll just that'll motivate them to come up with really good ideas that we can talk about so everyone who's listening do not pay attention to what i said about not having any ideas listen to brett he's <laughs> the one telling you the truth we have so many topics try to come up with some better ones there you go So while you're doing that, everyone, we'll be back next week to talk about whatever you give us or, if it's not good enough, our own topics. But but until then, bear down. Bear down.